Welcome to Unsung Heroes with Johnny, Daniel, James, and Sam. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Welcome to the Unsung Heroes Podcast. I'm Johnny, and I'm joined here with a few of my friends. We have James. Hello, everyone. We have Samuel. Hello. And as always, we have Daniel. Salamat sasba. Ah, bringing out the Kazakh. Jacques Wait, hold on. Is that an indication that this person will be a Kazakh person today? Yeah, hold, hold on. I didn't realize the precedent that I had set yeah, ah. you kind of set us up. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a Kazakh person. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Really sorry. No. So today we have Daniel here presenting for us uh, a a person named Menelik the second. Yes. And I have no idea who this is. That's why I was kind of asking. Uh, so Daniel, why don't you give us a teaser? This guy that I will be sharing with you today is called Menelik the second, and he is actually one of the emperors of Ethiopia. Oh, wow. Yes, I wanted to share about the kingdom of Ethiopia because it's fascinating to me that this kingdom existed in Africa and, you know, near the Middle East when every single nation around them were pretty much becoming Muslim, as, you know, the Arabs and the Ottoman Empire were spreading. They pretty much were always Christian. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, clearly these guys were doing something right to keep themselves, you know, in their own religion. And this is, okay, this is not a religious episode. It's more about like keeping from being conquered by somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I was reading through some of the different emperors and it's just so interesting seeing how a lot of the nations around Ethiopia would get aid from the Ottoman Empire or, you know, other dynasties or whatnot nearby. And, you know, these guys never did. And they had to actually later on get in contact with European nations and ask help from them to combat the people around them because they were the only Christians around. So and it's just really in- interesting to see that. Mm-hmm. But Menelik II, he, yeah, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. And he's actually comes in towards the end of the Ethiopian Empire. Uh, he was born in 1844 and he lived into the 1900s. So in, oh, the, wow. in the Ethiopian Empire went through pretty much 1975 when the monarchy was abolished, which is very recent, actually. That's super recent. Yeah, and so when they first started, they started really, really strongly. And it seemed like pretty much, I think they started in about the 1200s. And going into, honestly, the 1800s, it just kind of was rocky throughout. Um, And there were a lot of, like, nobles that had their own lands. that, And it was kind of a centralized kingdom and ups and downs. So Menelik II came in and he started reigning in 1889 and he really transformed a lot of things for the kingdom of Ethiopia and he's seen as one of the uh the strongest and the the best kings and the one of the best emperors that they had and he's widely called the Emir Menelik which in Ethiopia also shows kind of his merciful acts and kind of ties in with how politically smart he was so he's not just a you know ruthless like Genghis Khan, he wrecked everyone. This guy's actually really mm. smart. So I just wanted to share hmm. a tiny bit about about his life. And I won't be giving too much battle detail like I did with Zhulkievsky. This will just be <laughs> purely an overview. I thought his his life is pretty cool and he's a cool hero and people should know more about him. So Wow. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any insights to this part of the world? 
Yeah, well, I I recently had to do a paper for school about, um, well, part of the paper was about Islam's conquest of the Middle East. Uh, But that was, you know, the initial Arab conquest was way back in like 600, 700. So Mm -hmm. um, it was a long time before Menelik II arrived on the scene. But it was so impressive doing that research how thorough the Arab conquest was. They were... Uh, it was insane how quickly they conquered so much land hmm. over yeah. the course of like 150 years. They went from just in like just on the Arabian Peninsula to all of a sudden all the way up to, through Syria, all the way over to Morocco, all the way over to Iran, like everywhere yeah. they had expanded. Some of the ma- major world powers at the time, you think of Persia which was under the Sassanids at the time and then you have the Byzantines, the Byzantines kind yeah. of warring and then all of a sudden you know, the Byzantines at least lost a whole bunch of their southern territory. And then also the entire Persian Empire pretty much is subjugated by the, um, yeah. you know, uh, by the Umayyads and the Basids. It's pretty amazing to yeah. think about how like, yeah. quickly. Yeah. And there was there was a couple of factors like the, the Byzantine Empire had just struggled over Syria with Persia. And so they were kind of weakened. And so that then the Arabs were just like, oh, this is our, ours now. And they couldn't really fight back very well. <laughs> right. just, yeah. They third party that really well. Now. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. interesting when you say that Ethiopia was able to retain kind of its its heritage uh, while all the surrounding countries are being drawn in. It, it's just very unique, a very unique situation. Yeah, it really is. So I wanted to talk about one of the the most notable heroes from from that empire but obviously this isn't going to do any justice to the actual ins and outs of how a nation is able to stay in a sense secluded from everyone around them for so long you know so the audience can can research more about that later Uh, it's definitely is a fascinating fascinating topic but let's dive in if you guys are ready yeah nice so menelik the second Right before him, the emperor was Johannes IV, and he dies in 1889. And he names his son, Mengesha Johannes, as the next emperor. But Menelik at the time proclaims himself as emperor because he is born into nobility and he has a lot of ties. And he claims his base on an uninterrupted direct male lineage from King Solomon and Queen Sheba. Which, you know, that ancestry was claimed by the first Ethiopian king back in the 13th century. So he was saying that, you know, his nobility and his father's family derived from that lineage. You know, I actually have been reading and researching on this. There there are some, you know, a lot of kind of theories. And again, these are pretty much, you can't really substantiate these claims. But there is a lot of history and um, kind of tradition with Ethiopia having connections with Solomon. Uh, particularly mm. this idea that even some Ethiopians say that the Ark of the Covenant, you know, like, like you know, we have Indiana Jones that has its own theory, but the Ark of the Covenant, they say that they actually got it, right? And so that's where oh, I yeah. end up going from the from the temple and stuff. It's just really, it's a lot of interesting kind of fun conspiracy theories out there, but there is definitely a tradition I've heard yeah. of, of Solomon associated with that. I feel like I've heard they still have it. Yeah, there's about five or six of them does. out there. Yeah, they're still. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, great, great story. Uh, no, no, really, it is cool because when I when I because I wanted to first see who started the Ethiopian Empire, and it was crazy to see that they claimed that you know the first king's heritage comes from King Solomon in the Bible, and 
that's, you know, their big claim, I guess, to Christianity and their roots seem extremely, extremely deep because of that. So yeah, Menelik II, he, while growing up, maneuvers the courts really well and he's a great guy and everyone likes him, loves him. And so he's able to garner a ton of support and he actually becomes the emperor over uh, Mengesha Johannes. And so in 1899, he's named the emperor. Even right before he becomes the emperor in the 1880s, he spends a ton of time uh, trying to change up the Ethiopian empire. And he's actually listed as the founder of modern Ethiopia. Hmm. So one of the biggest things he does is he pushes to centralize uh, the, the country a lot more. And before he does this, the Ethiopian empire is just swarmed with tons of infighting and a lot of civil war. Um, also just very outdated military tactics that had not really changed much at all. And there were reports of widespread atrocities against civilians, uh, a lot of like mass killings, a lot, a ton of slavery. Uh, just, yeah, you know, the infrastructure was really, really bad. Hmm. And warfare hmm. in the area, it's listed as well as kind of involves a lot of like territory wars, gaining control over trade routes and kind of securing trophies to prove masculinity, which, you know, it's a different culture. So to them, this was just how the, you know, the way they did it. So Menelik II was pushing to not only change infrastructure in a way of the culture and the way that things are done, but also literally in adding like railroads and better roads and safer passage for trade routes. Um, so yeah, he, he really had his work cut out for him for mm. sure did. Wow. So he starts out by uniting the Northern territories and the, the way that he unites these territories is he pretty much goes to like the landowners and the nobles and the, the chiefs in charge of these areas. And he pretty much says, Hey man, you like me, right? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, we're all Ethiopian. Yeah. All right. Let's join up. They're like, okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Diplomacy 100. <laughs> and it's pretty remarkable because it, it seems like it works pretty well. Like there doesn't seem to be too much of a opposition to, against him. He's like, gee, why didn't we think of this before? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, why didn't we, <laughs> we think of this just before? Team He's up. Like, Who made you king? I didn't vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and during this time in 1888 through 1892, so right around the time he becomes emperor, there is a great famine caused by uh, rinderpest, which is an infectious viral cattle disease mm. that wi- that wipes out majority of the nation's livestock. Mm. And it actually kills over 90% of the cattle in Ethiopia. Man, oh my gosh. And as a result, because it you know destroys their livestock, it kills a third of the empire's population. Wow. So yeah. you can imagine it's it's not a it's not a good time for them. And right around then in 1889, uh, there there's a lot of aggression with Italians because Italy has uh, Eritrea, which is you know, just north of Ethiopia, which used to be a part of the Ethiopian Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know this is following all the European colonization all across the globe. So Italy's kind of jumping in on it and wanting some some peace for themselves. Um, and it's listed actually that right around this time, the European powers are pretty much completely carved out Africa to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Ethiopia is one of the only places that actually survives colonization. It isn't colonized. Right? Yeah, it, it stays independent. Um, and so actually, this is pretty crucial in it staying independent. So what happens is 
Menelik actually agrees to sign a treaty with the Italians uh, to end some land disputes, to settle the border differences between their, you know, the Eritrea area with Italians and the rest of Ethiopia. However, unbeknownst to him, there were two versions of the treaty. One was an Italian and one was an Americ. This is this is like the the, the Japanese and the Koreans all over again. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, they need they need like a messenger. Yeah, the messengers. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny because the Italian version is apparently much different from the treaty they give him. And this is their way of hoping to trick him into swearing allegiance to Italy, pretty much. Oh my gosh. Jeez. Wait, 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 wait. So wait, let me see if I get this straight. They're sending him like a contract. It's a treaty. A treaty. Okay, so they're hoping he will sign because the way he's seeing it, it's just like, you know, ending some land disputes, establishing a border. But they have another copy that's an Italian that actually says, no, the treaty is actually him pretty much swearing allegiance, like Ethiopia swearing allegiance to Italy. Okay, so, so it has all the stipulations, really so small they words at the bottom. <laughs> You're going to become <laughs> one of us. Yeah, they had someone come and be like, side effects may include. <laughs> allegiance to Italy. Allegiance and here's to another Italy. reason why you shouldn't put your treaty through Google Translate. Yeah, pretty right. much. Wait, read, read the terms and services. <laughs> so it's basically, they're, they're not translating it completely. Is that pretty much, they're yeah. like, they're like just putting in the bits about having the land disputes, but they yeah. don't they don't tell them that they're actually signing away exactly their allegiance. Wow. Yeah, so it they somehow find out about this. Um so he rejects the treaty. And <laughs> the Italians actually go to uh, a noble in Ethiopia, a fairly powerful noble called Ras Mengesha, and they try to create civil war to kind of say, hey, we'll support you against Menelik II. But to show you how Menelik's already established such a good foundation of unity, uh, this guy they approach, Mengesha, he realizes that Ethiopia's independence would be at stake. So he refuses to be a puppet for the Italians. Ah. Wow, dude. It's just, it felt so good that he did that. You know? What a heroic move. What a loyal, like, patriot. He's like, <laughs> I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I like, I just watched the, the Netflix, uh, The King, you know, where they... Well, anyway, if you haven't seen it, it means nothing. So we won't go that way. <laughs> but just kind of in movies, you expect like, oh, if you won't help us, we'll find a noble. You know, we'll find a crack. Yeah, and it yeah. always works. Mm. So it just it felt so good that it didn't work. He nice. seems to be the exception of history in a lot of ways. He's like the Samwise Gamgee of yeah. Ethiopia. <laughs> it's an it's odd like, comparison, you, but you I get it. I can carry it. this treaty, but I can carry you. <laughs> <laughs> What a guy, man. <laughs> nice. So he refuses. And then Italy, at this point, decides to wage war on Ethiopia, realizing that they can't trick these guys into anything. They have to straight up fight them. Dang, Italy. Chill out, man. Like, no. <laughs> again, this is all listed online research. So pretty sure this is all true. <laughs> <laughs> the internet told no, me. So. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> no, but so historians depicted as uh, Italy actually really looks down on Ethiopia as barbarians. Mm. So they're really undermining them at this point. They're trying to like trick them and then they just like wage war. Yeah, like, why don't they just yeah. initially say, Not like, cool. hey, we just want to take your land, so, <laughs> like, why try with all this Why you got to trick know? me with this yeah. treaty, dude? Why, like, why you got to do this? <laughs> so many Eritreans revolt, um, since Eritrea is under Italy, and Italy is waging war, uh, but they're not successful, 
though many are able to flee to Ethiopia and join with the Ethiopians to fight versus the Italians. Mm. Um, and at this point, Menelik in 1895 orders all the Ethiopian nobility to call their banners and raise their feudal hosts. And he, he says, quote, an enemy has come across the sea. He has broken through our frontiers in order to destroy our fatherland and our faith. I allowed him to seize my possessions and I entered upon lengthy negotiations with him in hopes of obtaining justice without bloodshed. But the enemy refuses to listen. He undermines our territories and our people like a mole. Enough. With the help of God, I will defend the inheritance of my forefathers and drive back the invader by force of arms. Let every man who has sufficient strength accompany me and he who has not. Let him pray for us. Freedom! Oh, <laughs> I'm ready to go to battle, dude. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready to go join the Ethiopians. If, yeah. if any Italy. Italians come and try to buy my loyalty right now, no way. No. no. <laughs> I know what's at stake. <laughs> Somebody touch up my Ethiopia. <laughs> That's really good. We gotta keep that in there. Like I really want to put that in, but I just don't know if people understand. <laughs> So remember, I said the Italians were seeing the Ethiopians are barbaric, and they're just thinking of them as a poor African nation uh, that think that their men are no match for the for their white troops. But they don't realize that the Ethiopians are actually better armed, and they had thousands of modern French rifles and a lot of artillery guns, which actually outperformed the Italian rifles and artillery. Oh. So they really they really underestimated these guys. And probably the biggest thing they underestimated was the amount of men they could gather to fight. Yeah. Mm. So in the beginning of the war, Menelik leads his army uh, versus forces that are led by Major Toselli. And so the Ethiopians in the in the battle, they break the Italian flank that's comprised of mostly of Eritreans. So this is the left flank of the Italians. And once they do that, Toselli sends his Italian infantry who stop the Ethiopian advance. And Toselli thinks this means that he's won, but the Ethiopians actually attack his other flank. So the Italians have to retreat because they lose the battle. Ooh. And while they retreat, Menelik had his best general, Ras Alula, set an ambush. Ooh. So they oh. just really led onto these guys who are escaping and they suffer heavy, heavy casualties. So it, it just mm. it starts off really, really badly for the Italians. Uh, looks like it's yeah. Ethiopia's turn to be tricky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so then they uh, sieged the Italians who took a fort in inside of Ethiopia, uh, Fort Mekele, and the Italians surrender within 12 days. And this is this is remarkable. He allows the surrendered Italians to surrender their arms and go free. Just walk wow. away from this all. Wow. And he says that he did this to give proof of his Christian faith and that his quarrels were against the Italian government, not the ordinary soldier who's, you know, enlisted to fight in something they don't really care about. Dude, wow. this guy... That's respect. Mad respect, bro. I have to say, yes. this guy sounds like one of the most charming people I've ever I've ever heard of. He gives amazing speeches. Right? That's for yeah. sure. He gives great speeches. He's like uniting all the people just because he's cool. His I mean, charisma. Yeah. By the power of his charisma. I have no quarrel with the every 
the everyday the Italian. Every <laughs> you know, I feel like if I were an Italian soldier, I'd be tempted to go join the Ethiopians now <laughs> after doing that. Like yeah. seeing how he treats his people, I'd be wow. tempted right. to join sides. Right. Well, I, I guess, you know, they, they don't want to actually let go of their homes and families. they oh, rather yeah. return to Italy. Yeah. But a bunch of guys right, right back home like, honey, I miss you and the kids, but you got to see how charismatic this guy is. Yeah, this guy's so <laughs> He just has so much charm. Yeah. <laughs> just wait till you hear why he's more amazing. Because what he did here might not have just have been his, you know, him being really nice. It also might have been psychological warfare because it's noted that he had heard from French and Russian diplomats previously that the war and the Italian prime minister, who's named Crispy, which I thought was (laughs) a beautiful name, but he hears from the French and Russian diplomats that the war and the Italian prime minister himself are actually pretty unpopular in Italy. And... That Crispy's, that's just such a funny name to say, <laughs> that one of, the, one of the main points of Crispy's propaganda against Ethiopia is, is that they treat their prisoners of wars horribly, uh, and like all these horror stories. Uh, this was the most efficient way of rebutting the propaganda. Wow, nice. Just let all the prisoners go. Smart. This guy's playing 40 wow. chess here. And it's also like <laughs> establishing his dominance, right? Like I get to command if you go free or not. You know, you have to kind of, yeah. you have to, you'll give into my mercy if you want to survive. You know, it's kind of mm. a, exactly. well, and as, well. as he said, like he's showing his like Christian virtue, right? So the Italian people, a lot of Europe was Christian at this time. And so they would have looked on that and been like, oh, why yeah. are we? A little slap yeah, in the face. Yeah, kind of a slap in the face, like use your religion against you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it, it does seem funny that the only Christian nation is also trying to be colonized, which shows that they're just acting extremely selfishly and all for the, all for gain and money. So it's crazy, yeah, man. Yeah. It is. It is really sad. So then um, the prime minister of Italy, Crispy. <laughs> I love how you have to always cl- clarify his name. <laughs> you know that guy, Crispy? Yeah. I know it that guy. Like, he sounds like he should start a cereal company. Yeah. Like a breakfast cereal company. Well, he's so mad at this point. He's just burnt to a crisp. Actually. <laughs> hey. That was really bad. But wow. I would I would eat like I would eat some like Prime Minister Crispios or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. They wasted all that time on propaganda. They could have marketed it as cereal, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Crispy is super mad and he sends another over like 100,000 men to the Horn of Africa. Jeez. But ultimately, the Italian forces are defeated in the Battle of Adwa, which is near the border of Eritrea. So this is a decisive battle, and I won't go into any of the details to bore our audience. If you want to hear about war, go to our Zulkiewski episode. That one was pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, so the, the Ethiopians crush the Italians and like I said, the area they fight in is Adwa, which is right below the border of Eritrea. So after they win, Menelik could have easily marched into Eritrea and annexed it for himself. But he didn't. Hmm. What he did was he sought peace instead. Oh. So he fights for the peace that the Italians had like revoked through you know the schemes and the weird treaties several years before huh. and so instead of taking over he just signs a treaty and 
it's the Treaty of Addis Ababa, which is the capital of Ethiopia. So that's where it's signed. But he didn't put anything at the bottom. Like, if you sign this, you agree yeah. to be my subjects. And yeah. All. Yeah. <laughs> the disclaimer. So that's why Italy actually belongs to Ethiopia. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no. Got him. agreed to the terms and conditions. No, but they signed this treaty and... Italy is at this point forced to recognize the absolute independence of Ethiopia. And this really kind of solidifies Ethiopia as a nation that will not be colonized, which obviously at this point, it's, you know, the 1890s. So we're going towards the end of colonization anyway. But yeah, he just, he solidifies Ethiopia as an independent nation. Wow. Wow. Like, and, and like I said, he's seen as one of the kind of the last greatest uh em- emperors and one of the first ones in a long time at his time wow um and then he further uh increases technological progress in ethiopia um aids with more centralization and actually continues to push for the uh, the abolition of slavery but again slavery as an institution is just way too kind of deep in the culture so he's not able to fully do that and then in 1909 he suffers a stroke and he feels so weak that he actually isn't himself. Again, it's listed. Um, and he actually has to resign. Hmm. And so the empire is given to someone else. And wow. yeah, he's just kind of kept alive and kind of, a, you know, a shadow of his former self. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So there's, and there's not much else recorded about him until his death in 1913. So those four years just seem like four years of weakness and not, not doing much really. So would the throne have gone to his uh, like his children or something or how would how does that work? So after he resigns, the emperorship actually goes to his wife. Oh, and as mm. as like the de facto ruler, just until um, another person is publicly appointed because he actually doesn't have any children. Oh, so like another another noble would have been. Yeah, another noble's elected for it. Okay, wow, he sounds like honestly. A super cool ruler, you know, like mm-hmm. just the fact that he could unite everybody so unanimously, keep their loyalty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds sounds awesome. It sounds like Menelik is a man I like. Wait. <laughs> man I like. That's a man I like. That's a man Great. I like. The second. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so he, he reigned 1889 to 1913. Wow. Well, actually, not thirteen. Technically, technically, nineteen oh nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's really cool, though. That's that's really awesome, especially to hear about, you know, a nation like that and an empire that I don't actually know very much about at all. No. Um, super cool to hear. I mean, I I knew that Ethiopia held out from being colonized, and I knew that they were like all, one of the only countries to do that in Africa, but I didn't know any of these details about that. So that's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So, you know, clearly they did face a lot of adversities. It just wasn't that they got lucky and, like, people left them alone. And they did. They did remarkably well. And Menelik was one of the remarkable heroes. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, he deserves recognition. And James is grabbing his guitar right now so we can sing about him. All right. So, if you're new to the podcast, which I don't know how many people might be, but we are going to sing about Menelik now because... He, as an unsung hero, needs to be sung about so that he could be a sung right. hero. Hey, did we reach some milestone recently about like number twenty-five 
in Switzerland. Oh, oh no, like no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> we got to celebrate this, guys. I'm just we, saying. Yeah. We want to thank all of our listeners in Switzerland, especially. <laughs> we ranked number 107th in the history category in Switzerland. Man. <laughs> in the month of February. In the month of February. That's <laughs> right. Can we just dedicate our next song to those guys in Switzerland? To all five of them. This yeah. is for you guys. Our, our, yeah. our Swiss audience, you're the ones who are carrying this podcast. Really? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and now we're going to sing a song about Menelik II. James, you've written a couple of lines here. Yeah. I, I don't know what this is going to be, but we'll have to we'll have to find out. Okay. All right. So um, Johnny, hit hit the hit the chair, and let's try to make like a little beat off okay. of it. Right. Here. Coming down the line from Solomon. Hey. Gonna take that throne like Superman. Bring his country to the modern age hey. Italy tried to trick him but he's a sage hey. Rallied his troops against the enemy Underestimate the power of their hegemony hey. Fight to push them back make them bend the knee on display he let them go free they're never gonna be a part of italy (laughs) (laughs) wow all right bravo there we go go. beautiful that was that was great guys any other thoughts guys Just Samuel goes. just end it right there well, I, for one, would love to learn more about Ethiopia. I think I am inspired now and want to learn more about their history. I mean, they have obviously a long heritage and, a, you know, seems like some really cool figures in it. So yeah. that's what I'm going to do probably. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they've been around for so long as an empire, you know. You're right. Right. have a lot of history. Well, Crispy, what a name. <laughs> I know, right? Another takeaway from this podcast, of course. <laughs> All right. And with that, we are going to go ahead and sign off. We will see you guys on the next one. See you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.